Hey folks, welcome to the Bavada at Odds podcast. I'm Seth Everett. He is the head odds maker at BavadaSportsbook.com, Patrick Morrow. And Patrick, I know it's the uh, the the summer and we're all melting. We're literally melting. Uh, can it get any hotter? And are there odds on how hot it'll get at Bavada? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, that's that's not a listen. We're, we are not we're not back in the early days of COVID where we had to have those weather odds each day. We did do that early on because we were because there were no sports. We were so desperate for content early on. You know, we did the sim stuff. We had Jeopardy odds at one point. And yeah, we actually had, uh, you know, major North American cities. How did you New have York, Jeopardy Boston. odds if if the if the show is taped? So we had to kind of pull them off. Uh, like we, we couldn't have it up to like seven o'clock uh, Eastern time uh, when it was being displayed. But uh, because I think we, we, we were taking them off around noon every day. And that's when we saw Montgomery, Alabama. I think if this is still Airs the case, Jeopardy, uh, they early. air Jeopardy at like noon each day. And that's like the first time so somebody it comes could on. find out. You could go on social media. You could find out the results and you could bet. I, I'm sure some sports books made bad mistakes with that. Oh, I, I, absolutely. And that's something where we had to learn a lot of lessons early on, because even if it's only being broadcast for the first time at noon that day, you know, someone who maybe works on the production for Jeopardy, it's like anything else. We started with really low limits uh, as we were figuring out. And then as we felt a little bit safer, a little bit safer, start boosting them up a little bit. I had more fun doing Jeopardy odds than the daily weather stuff, though. But yeah, we did daily weather for uh, New York, Toronto, Boston, uh, uh, all, all the big cities, you know, level of uh, rainfall. Uh, oh, we Listen, we were about as good as some rainfall. Folks I would love, I would, I would do anything for rainfall right now. I would uh, love, I, uh, just give me some rainfall. That's what I'd love. I saw a Facebook memory uh, pop up the other day, and it uh, reminded me when uh, there was snow. And uh, you know, this is the classic Canadians' uh, problem, where you know, after after a month or two of snow, we're begging for spring and summer weather like this. Oh, give me a snow top mountain right now. I would absolutely die but uh no it's it's okay this is the trade-off we get uh you know we, we barely get a summer in canada and then when we do it's it's hot and gross and humid but uh ah, what are you gonna do are you one of those people i'm i'm a massive uh my kids used to do this they always ask what's your favorite season mm -hmm. i'm a big spring and fall person yeah i'm i'm 100 percent fall give me spring spring i love fall i love i can you can have summer and you could have winter fall i love the changing colors i love that the weather starts to cool down just a bit but you'll get that like week or two uh where you know it'll pick up just a little bit all the best sports are on all the best betting opportunities are happening uh all, you know i start cooking all the best things that i know how to make in the fall uh it, it just mm. hits on all levels uh, spring I, I i love the idea of spring but spring kind of comes out the other side where you're getting a bit of fall weather, kind of those temperatures in. But after a Canadian winter, it's a spring coming out of a slog. So that spring is really kind of marked by just, you know, a lot of mud everywhere, a lot of, you know, mountains of snow that had been building up in Montreal for several months now, just into puddles and grossness. So I feel like we don't just get a very nice spring in Canada. And as a result, I have to default to fall and everything that comes with no, it. No, I, I totally make sense. Um, I just realized we're not Facebook friends uh how listen, long have i known you now seth i like to keep you know work and pleasure separate is that what it is oh okay yeah, the, 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 work guy. this is purely oh. <laughs> our I friendship see. is Salvo purely fired. okay <laughs> oh oh no damn i said the quiet part out loud folks <laughs> <laughs> all right let's uh let's tackle a couple of topics today uh including 
uh, I had a, a a weird Friday night last week. Okay. Um, it was a Friday night, and I was getting ready to do. Uh, I do Boston sports updates on Saturday morning. Okay. And so I was getting my notes together, and I checked the Red Sox game. And the Red Sox lost to the Toronto Blue Jays 28 to 5. 28 to 5. That, and that wasn't a typo. Um, not only that, it was the franchise record for runs allowed in a single game for the Red Sox. And for the Blue Jays, it was franchise records in both runs scored and hits. They're the sixth team in history to score 28 plus runs in a game last time was 2020 versus uh, the Braves versus the Marlins. It's, it's a crazy number, right? So this is where my brain goes. What is live betting like now? I, this was all after the fact, but they had an 11 run fifth inning. Um, What is live betting like when everything that is going on in the first five innings is now thrown out and People are, are people betting on how many runs the Blue Jays can score. Yeah, it's uh, so this is definitely the extreme of some of the uh, some of the problems that we have with live betting and blowouts in baseball. And, and we've run into this a lot more this year, uh, obviously not in a game with as much of a disparity as this one had. But uh, what we've seen uh, a lot, and we saw this uh, in the Jays Red Sox game on Friday night as well is more and more teams are willing to just burn a position player late in games that uh, they've determined don't quite matter at this point. I'm actually surprised that the Red Sox uh, on the Friday night waited as long as to the top of the ninth to put in a position player. Maybe at that point it actually was about trying to save some kind of... uh, you know, pride and hopefully this doesn't get into the 30s or something like that. They did, uh, you know, shut out the Blue Jays in the seventh and eighth inning. But when we run into for live betting in these scenarios, uh, you know, we, we always try and keep our limits a little bit lower because of this position player. But once we see a position player warm up now, Seth, or there's any whisper of it in social media or elsewhere, uh, we, we hide all the lines on the game at this point. Because once you get sure. a position player coming in, uh, we've seen it too often. We've been burned very quickly when it does happen, but, uh, well, it's, it's like the home run derby that just passed. Um, you know, these guys are just lobbing it out there and you're looking at either home runs or deep fly balls that, uh, you know, if you're the pitching squad, hopefully dies on the warning track, but we've seen so many players now at Bavada set just come at, just to wait for these opportunities. This is all that they're betting is late game scenarios where a team's up, you know, seven runs or more going to the top of the eighth, top of the ninth inning. Uh, you know, I know Detroit, the Tigers, they get, they got ripped pretty hard for this recently because they did it, uh, I think, in back-to-back games. And they did it early. I think they did it in like the sixth innings. So that's another thing that's really tricky for us is trying to figure out I when see. these position players might be coming into games. Because at that point, it's just... There, there's not a competitive balance anymore. We, you know, our all of our models and assumptions are based on at the very least that anybody pitching at any given time is no worse than a replacement level pitcher, basically a league average pitcher. These guys that are coming in that play third base, outfield, whatever, they're obviously far worse than that. They're just trying to throw the ball over the plate. Uh, and for some of these major league hitters, it's a uh, it's pretty easy day. So that that is kind of the challenge, and especially because so much of what we do regarding live betting uh, is driven by automation now. It definitely requires 
our ability to be on top of these lines for every single one of these games because automation still hasn't caught up to that yet. Uh, you'd think it would break the code, someone who's not a pitcher coming in to pitch in these spots, but uh, no, unfortunately, it still uh, treats it like a, a regular major league pitcher. So good value for players in these spots if they can beat us before we close these lines. But uh, man, massive headache for us to try and stay on top of. Oh, it's interesting. I I hadn't thought of that, but I also didn't realize necessarily that it would be a, a bad, you know, it, 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 it could be a bad thing. You know, I it just, it struck me when I saw that and I said, this is not a misprint. <laughs> the, the popularity really reminds me of when uh, Patrick Waugh went overboard with making the pulling of the goaltenders as aggressive. Uh, uh, he started doing it like 10 minutes left in games. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and now listen, you know, most well, he would NHL do it whenever they had momentum. If okay. He felt yeah. that he, right. Yeah. The, the, the thought process there was this is our chance because we have the, you know, we have a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it'll catch them off guard if they're already on their heels and we can, you know, get there. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think it's pretty good. Sure. And if that 10 minutes was ultimately deemed uh, too aggressive, uh, he did pull a lot of other coaches into pulling their goalies uh, much and much more earlier, where it's a little bit more of the standard to see, you know, goaltenders come out around four or five minutes. Now, if you're down multiple goals in these games, which uh, going back five, 10 years, uh, roughly you'd think of something like under two minutes is the earliest time you'd think of pulling. If you got a, you know, uh, like a face-off in the opposing team's end. So what we're seeing, uh, you know, similar to hockey, where we have players who target just that, we now have a group of players uh, betting with us at Bavada that are just targeting these late-game scenarios now because they see an inefficiency in the pricing, an inefficiency in how we are modeling this stuff that, uh, you know, we manually haven't been able to be perfect at yet, and our algorithms are, are still struggling with as well. So good, really good betting opportunity for players, uh, I would say, please try it in other sports books, not Bavada, but we will uh, continue to be vigilant in those scenarios because uh, uh, they're, they're super, super tough. But no, of course, uh, play with us. Uh, we'll just be better. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, of course you will. Um, what podcast is this? Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, the Lou Pinella Hour starring oh, Seth wow. Everett. A lot of people believe in our team. Um, no. the, uh, the Live Golf resumes this week uh it's in bedminster new jersey um there have been a lot of protests there uh because it's so close to 9-11 um live golf continues to make headlines they you know they met with charles barkley and charles barkley went off on the media who said he was going to leave tnt he didn't um where is this where is live golf now uh there's a tournament are people betting it there's no you know or are they only looking at PGA events? How does this all fit? Uh, so it's interesting, Seth. Uh, I think it's probably been about three weeks, maybe a month since uh, you and I last talked about Liv. Correct. And uh, in that time, I think they've grabbed uh, even more P- former PGA players uh, since then. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this futures board. And yeah, Dustin Johnson was there. Ushausen was there. Uh, I, I don't think last time we spoke that Bryson had joined the tour. But uh, he's with Liv now. Yeah. Uh, Kepka's there. Pat Reed. Uh, Kevin. I. What has actually? You know, we, we talked about if there's betting interest and if there's a way for us to price. The fact that there are so many massive pros now, part of the Live Tour, uh, playing at courses that other people have played at before, and PGA has played at before, wherever. So we have statistics on these courses. We have s- tons of statistics on these players now. We can offer Live Tour betting now, Seth. 
with the same limits players were getting on PGA Tour. Now, a month uh, ago, I wasn't sure if that was going to be the case, uh, whether we were, you know, whether Live Tour was going to make it, whether, you know, more players were going to join. But now, out of nowhere, we have all these data points on so many pros on the Live Tour. Of course, all these courses, again, as I mentioned before. So, yeah, the, the limits are right up there. We are, you know, it's not going to be getting the same kind of betting as one of the majors yet in golf. But something like uh, the 3M Classic last weekend, yeah, Live Tour is going to, you know, a standard PGA Tour event. Live Tour is actually going to hold its own now with us. It's uh, pretty surprising to see, which just goes to show that if you throw enough money at anything, uh, you can make it happen. So the the rule is, is that, you know, whether or not you can watch it, from what I understand, it's on YouTube and Facebook. And I don't know if it's blacked out in some regions. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm mm. not, you know, one thing I hope people know about me, I don't pretend. If I don't know something, I say I don't know, you know. Um, uh, I pretend big time. Yeah, I understand. Um, <laughs> so um, if, a, if, if, if someone, you know, logs on to wherever they're logging on and they want to place bets on the second round, the third round, they can go and they will find something. It may not be the full uh, amount that you would do for a PGA event. And if both leagues are going on at the same time are there odds for both and it's double what's going on uh yeah so i mean the live tour still doesn't have as many competitors as the standard pga tour event so we'll have you know less head-to-head less three ball betting which is a popular betting outcome round by round uh for players so i i mean it's it's only limited by the amount of players participating but otherwise uh, players are getting a pretty similar experience uh, betting a standard PGA Tour event now, as they will that's betting cool. live, and that's not just uh, before the tournament starts. That includes as the tournament goes live uh, throughout the weekend. And just for the record, there is a PGA event. Uh, it's the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Uh, Cam Davis is the defending champion. Uh, it's in Detroit, Michigan, and the uh, the prize for winning it is eight million four hundred thousand. If you win the live tournament, I think you get four times that. <laughs> well. I just—it's crazy. Yeah. Well, the like charity is bonkers. Yeah. Well, hey, listen—if you're a fan of the worker, and uh, you know, I, I certainly like to think that I am. Uh, you know, good, good for some of these yeah, players. It's Twenty-five that are able to... million if you win Bedminster. It's twenty-five million if you win any of these. There's a uh, Bedminster, Boston, Chicago, Bangkok. Mm-hmm. One night in Bangkok, uh, I... and then in Jeddah in Saudi Arabia in October. Did you see that live uh, private plane that uh, they all got to? No, I didn't. No, that's uh, there, there was some like w- weird pink mood light. There's two bars <laughs> on top of the plane. Uh, so I, I can't recall if it was uh, Pat Reed uh, who uploaded it. But uh, yeah, it looked like the fellows were having a good... Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, 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 it's out there. It looks like a good time. Uh, just, just another way that they found a way to uh, sweeten up the live tour. That's too funny. Too yep. funny indeed. All right, let's go back to baseball. Uh, I have some some questions here. Um, right now, what is greater? Home run totals, like Aaron Judge uh, futures? Is it is it game by game? So like, you know, you know, this team plays that team on a Tuesday night and people are betting or are people betting to win divisions yet? Because at this point in a typical baseball season, whether you're covering it or not, uh, the standings are pretty glaring. (laughs) 
Well, yeah. So you mentioned a division, Seth, and uh, I have to circle back to this because I think it was a couple months ago that you said, ah, the NL East, that's it's over. It's done. The Mets got it. And then the Braves have gone on such an absolute tear that, uh, you know, here we are late July and we are looking at a legitimate uh, two man race in the NL East. Uh, the Mets are ever so slight favorites at the moment. Uh, about 60% or so uh, updating for the house margin and the Braves are right on their tail. So I think that's been fascinating to see because the Mets uh, obviously came out like a bat out of hell to start the year. They've had a really good season and, and it's not like they've really faltered too much. It's just the Braves have just been monsters of late. So it has been fascinating to see that Annalise race really open up compared to where we were uh, two months back, where it looked like the Mets were already done. C'est tout, c'est ça, as my French people up here like to say, that's it, that's all. Um, the only other races that I find to be truly compelling right now, uh, the Brewers over the Cardinals in the NL Central. Brewers are currently a minus 175 favorite. Cardinals are plus 145 in that one. And uh, looking at the AL Central, uh, you have the Twins and the White Sox. I think the White Sox were expected to be a little bit better before the season started. Twins, uh, a mild surprise on our end that they are the even money favorite right now in the al central so yeah hey, hey, listen we, we do have some divisions that are totally uh you know done for uh the yankees are minus ten thousand to win the al east uh late july astros minus 3300 even with uh, you know the mariners super impressive run of late uh leading into the all-star break and coming out the other side of it so hey, you know listen this is baseball i mean uh with the expanded wild card i think that helps keep a lot of these games uh far more interesting not just for uh fans of the game but uh, in betting these games, the fact that, you know, the Blue Jays, uh, the Red Sox, who have been, you know, terrible coming out of the All-Star break, but are still, you know, very much in the thick of it, having a team like that uh, still playing meaningful baseball this late in the year is good for us uh, when it comes to the division betting, but just the single, uh, you know, day-by-day wagering. Uh, when it comes to what people are betting the most, they, they do like to dabble in the futures because you do get those high payout odds, but it, it's still the individual game by game stuff. Uh, baseball is, is such a grind, Seth, uh, and that's not so that's not just true for odds makers, but it, it's, it's a grind for the people betting it. Uh, you're, you're rarely finding massive edges, but uh, if you have a good model, it's also the easiest sport to quote unquote solve. Uh, under the guise of Moneyball. So I think, uh, you know, it, it's one of the more attractive sports for people with a really good analytical brain to try and attack. But uh, they're doing that on a game-by-game level more so than anything else. Look, uh, the bottom line is, is if you have three division races, is that what it is? It's three out of six? <sighs> you have three. Uh, yeah, yeah yep. because uh, the Dodgers lead the Padres by over 10 games. Um, the uh, The Astros lead the Mariners. Despite the Mariners winning 13 in a row, they're still trailed by, what, 11 games? And if you want to start talking about all these 76 wildcard teams that you're going to have, enjoy. <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> There's no drama. These teams are running away with it. And the Yankees, the same thing. Um, you know, people are talking about they're, they're close for the best record. People betting on that for the best record in the American League? Hey, listen. Holy, listen. holy yawn. Listen, this, this is a Julio Rodriguez uh, fan club podcast uh, now. So w- whatever Seattle does, as long as they stay relevant, that's all I care about. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Uh, my other question is about Judge. Um, he's got 36 home runs in a contract year, which is all anybody in New York is talking about. Um, what about the idea of him challenging a major record? If he goes on a tear, which he's been on the whole season, uh, he is on pace to challenge Bonds' record 
Um, when does that become a thing? Uh, listen, the, the closer he gets and, uh, you know, the fact that you're putting it out there now means that uh, we'll start paying attention to it a little bit more, but, you know, he might need, uh, you know, that kind of, you know, that kind of conversation be happening around him more because he's now actually for the first time in a, in a month or so, he's now trailing Otani on the MVP odds at Bavada right now. And, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this ad nauseum and unfortunately we could talk about it at least one more time, but the, the difficulty of defining the MVP award is often oh, what uh, trips up. It's July. I can't, I can't go there. Uh, I, it, I, but listen, because, uh, you know, Otani is the new favorite because the one thing that was holding Otani back, uh, I, you know, I think he's clearly the best all around uh, player in baseball right now, obviously the most versatile considering that he can do it uh, from the pitcher's mound or the batter's box. But uh, the fact that the Angels are absolute trash this year, they're not going to make the playoffs. They are a million games out of it. A lot of people think the way they define that award is he the most valuable player because yeah, no, he's not understand. going anywhere. The Angels but, are like in purgatory. It's like you play for the Angels. You're, you're not even like the worst team in the league, but you're just bad enough to, to be irrelevant. And you have arguably two of the most exciting players. You have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. And you cannot get out of your own way. That's uh, yeah. unbelievable. You have generational talent in Trout, and you have maybe once in a lifetime talent with Otani. Um, yeah. You know what, what are his comparables? Babe Ruth. <laughs> uh, if you're if you're o- Otani, like it's so I'm that that's kind of an interesting stuff. And I have a buddy on Twitter, uh, Spreadopedia. Uh, Jason Weingarten, who lo- loves to, uh, you know, he, he likes to lobby for, uh, he, he bets in award markets a lot. And I think he has Otani a lot this year because all you ever see him do is retweet arguments in favor of the players that he's betting on. He loves the, uh, the awards betting uh, in every sport. But yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, on pay. If it's just who's the best player in the league, Seth, in the, in the American League, no problem. I have Otani as a massive, massive favorite right now. And I, I go to bed not worrying about that. Because I have to figure out how people who are voting on this are going to define this award, it becomes a real uh, give and take. And, and that's why it's really it has been a two-horse race in the AL uh, this season with Otani and Judge. But the ambiguity behind what is this award and how do we define it is why the race is still as close as it is. Yeah, you know, there's an, one crazy angel story from last year. Um, my buddy, uh, former broadcast partner, uh, Victor Rojas, left the television play-by-play job, okay. in, you know, when, when COVID hit, I, I guess he got a, he, he left broadcasting. He, he's pursued a front office career and they announced Matt Vaskersian as the uh, lead play-by-play. Matt Vaskersian lives in New Jersey and was never in Anaheim. <laughs> and, and it was, it, it was bonkers. It was it, it, he was missing games for national you know networks and he was never there. That's and wild. in 2022, he's still doing it. He has really? more availability, but I, it, it, ready for this? This is this is um, Vaskersian returned to the Angels booth for the 2022 season alongside Mark Gubiza, uh with more avail- availability due to his October 2021 departure from ESPN. Vaskersian will call most of his Angels broadcasts remotely from the MLB Network studios in Secaucus, New Jersey, as he did in 2021. There's nobody you can hire. And I love Matt Vaskersian. Matt Vaskersian's a dear friend. 
there's no one you can hire that lives in California. <laughs> that is the stupidest thing. Darren Sutton was a play-by-play, was a backup. He'd be perfect for the job. Rich Waltz, longtime Marlins voice. He would be good for the job. Rich Waltz. Uh, Rich Waltz did uh, Sports with Friends, if I could re- recommend a podcast. Uh, listen to Rich Waltz talk when he he came on when Jose Fernandez was killed. Mm. And it's like one of the best podcasts I've ever done. Rich Waltz is perfect for that job. And he moved to California. <laughs> My God, and it's the st- that, that team, that franchise is as dysfunctional as there is in sports. Oh, man. I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to think of you know, what other jobs I can do for my back office here. Um, I want to tell Shohei Otani, if I could sit down with Shohei Otani and say, you know, it's not always like this. Mm -hmm. This isn't what normal is like. No, it is. uh, It's it's interesting to see though, if he uh, finishes the season with the, with the angels. I mean, it's, it's a shame. Like if you, if you're the angels, uh, you know, selfishly, you want to keep on to something like that. And hopefully if you, Listen, if you can't find a way to build around guys like Otani and Trout, what exactly are you doing? Yep. Um, and uh, find a way to blow up everything quickly if you don't, because uh, I, I, I just I could not imagine wasting what they have in front of them. But also, I couldn't imagine uh, sitting in New Jersey and being a commentator for Angels games. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's cra- it was a crazy. No, crazy I feel like story. I've got a pretty gig pretty good gig but uh yeah maybe, maybe that's, can... it's bonkers it, it's absolutely bonkers do you think uh, you can get me some devil's work for next season from uh <laughs> from scenic from montreal there. Yeah, do it from there that's great it's crazy anyway that'll do it for the bavada at odds podcast um yeah we'll just tell a, a bonkers story and since patrick is only my work friend uh, i'll make sure <laughs> that <laughs> I'll make sure I'll make sure that I'll only speak to him on the podcast. We'll see you next week, guys. See you folks.